When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it is Rocco for Crescent Tide Cremation Services. I saw my mom yesterday. She's still around. She's in her mid-70s. Uh, but she has made plans for when it's her time to go uh, with Crescent Tide Cremation Services. Why'd she do that? Well, she heard it was affordable. Simple cremation started at just $800. And secondly, I think so many people these days, they want to have an end-of-life celebration that maybe fits their lifestyle more. My mom's never wanted to have a, a kind of a stuffy funeral home type thing. She's always wanted a simple cremation. Then maybe we'll go have a nice dinner and celebrate her. And I think so many people uh, have those feelings today. And that's why maybe it'd be cool to reach out to Crescent Tide and do like my mom did. Do a prepay, pre-plan thing. Have a little sit down with Lisa. But it's not just that. I think if you look at their Google reviews, which I always encourage you to do, you'll see that uh, when a death in the family occurs, Crescent Tide comes through for those families in a kind, compassionate, prompt way. Check them out today, CrescentTide.com. Every Song of the summer. That's it. I don't know. Is it getting radio play, though? I don't know. We're playing it. It's got to be widely accepted for it to be Song of Summer. That it's it's got a bop to it. That is. That song's got to be charting. I don't know that it is. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Your vulnerability is what keeps Listen, me going. The Zamboni's going to clean this up, up in a second. It is so good to have a Zamboni back there. It really is. Beep, beep. Oh, Hong What's Kong. Your, Hong Kong. What's Hong Kong. your uh, streaming Okay, question? so here is my question. Welcome back to the show, by the way. Donna and Steve here. Uh, hour three already. That's crazy. Um, my question is, so I'm going to be staying at Belanger's house to watch his dogs. And so... We, I stopped over yesterday and we were going over some TV stuff and remote control. And he's like, we don't have anything. We don't, we stream. Mm -hmm. We don't have any chance. I go, okay, but you work at channel five. He's like, I have the app. Mm -hmm. Can I just download all the free apps and watch local programming that way? As long as the local channels have an app that live streams news programs, yes. But it would not, like if you go to abc.com. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't I just download a million apps and that would be save a, money? That would probably be a pain. I watch like five channels. But I don't know that abc.com, like let's go right now. Let's ABC has one. I don't know if they stream if their news is live. 
that uh, it when I go to abc.com there's a prompt there that says okay activate your device and then it says it requires a participating TV provider account which means you have to prove that you're with Xfinity or whatever I see. so I think the answer is no however if you just wanted to watch local news can't get enough of it then you could download the the channel 5 app the other folks in town, I'm sure they have apps. And then if they live stream their news, then yeah, you could just like screen mirror that up to your television. Okay. But I don't know that it's a real viable solution for Got you, it. Donna. All right. I was just checking. Thank you for the answer. Speaking of news, when I first started working in news, and it was a very brief stint, as you would assume, it was early 2014. I started working the morning show at the end of February of 2014, early March, March 8th, 9th, there was Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, Mm. which vanished. It disappeared. It was a plane with 239 people aboard, and it just went away. And it was such a crazy story because every morning that I would come in, it would be 3 a.m., I'd go meet with the producers, and they'd say, here are your stories that we need you to prepare for 5 a.m. on through the morning. Mm-hmm. And there was a stretch where it was always, and in between every report that I was doing, I was listening to press conferences that were happening regarding the Malaysia Airlines flight. We were looking for new information. We were hearing, oh, we heard a shiny object may have been found. Could that be the part right, of a wing? or the black box they were looking for. They were looking for so much stuff. And it was so crazy. There is now a three-part docuseries on Netflix, came out a couple of months ago, but there's a gazillion things, so it's easy for things to be new to you. It's called MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. Episode one is called The Pilot. Episode two, The Hijack. Episode three, The Intercept. I haven't watched episodes two or three yet, but I watched episode one. What If you forget, or if you're unfamiliar with the story, they were flying out of Malaysian air, and then they were tra- uh, traveling toward, according to their flight plan, Mm-hmm. Vietnamese air, which means in the world of air traffic control, you sign off with one air traffic control, Malaysia. Right. And then you sign on to, once you're in uh, Vietnamese airspace, then you say, hello, Vietnam, it's MH370, and now they, there's a ha- there's a handoff that takes place. Okay. Why that's of note is when they left Ma- Ma- Malaysian air, an air traffic control system, the final t- thing that they say is, you know, good night, Malaysia. MH370 goes off. But at that point, instead of just going over to Vietnamese air, all of the electronics communication ability in the plane go off at the same time. Mm. And that's all that they hear. So then they detail the immediate aftermath of what happens hours after, the day after, days and weeks after. The pilot episode goes through a lot of that. Now, I only I fell asleep at the end of it, but it was it was good. It was good. But here was one interesting thing that I couldn't really shake. There were loved ones who started calling their relatives who were on the plane. And they were trying to get a hold of them because they 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 didn't say within 24 hours like it's crashed or whatever. They were like, we don't know where it is. We don't know. There's no communication. So wait, you're saying there were loved ones. On the plane making calls to There their... were loved ones back home who were calling. Like the airlines to get information. No, they were trying to call their family members and friends 
who were passengers on the plane. Got they were trying to call their versa. cell phones just in got case. It. They said something strange was happening with many of the calls that they were not going directly to voicemail, but they were ringing. And many of them were ringing and ringing and ringing and not going to voicemail at all. But usually if your phone is off, it just goes direct to voicemail. Right. These were ringing and ringing. And now there's a room of people that are all together and they're trying to frantically call their loved ones and all that. Nothing is happening. Authorities can't make any sense of it. And I believe it was within that day, like the first day of like, what the heck, where is this plane? That there was a young woman, a daughter of one of the people who was on the plane who, I never knew this, got an incoming call from her dad. So she looks down at her phone and she's like, oh my gosh. My phone's ringing. And it says on the phone, Papa. And she's like freaking out, like, what do I do? What do I do? And then they're all like, oh my gosh, you got to answer it. You got to answer it. She goes to answer it too late. It went to voicemail? It went to voicemail. Oh my God. But it was just this little eerie bit of detail that I thought. That is eerie. What's going on? Can't they track where the call is coming from? Yes, the Malaysian government, though, at least in episode one, there was a lot of can't you track this, can't you trace this in Malaysia government officials, aviation officials were saying we can't do that, which left a lot of the family members really passionately angry with Malaysian officials. I can see that. It was it was a pretty compelling start to it. Again, episode one's called the pilot two is called the hijack. Um, and three is called The Intercept. Um, so anyway, that's that's all I can tell you. Where do we find it? This is on Netflix. It's okay. called MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. It was released uh, just a couple of months ago. Okay. So if you're into these docuseries. I am. It's interesting. Excellent. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Boy, it's 11-11. Sorry, what were you saying? It's 11-11, make a wish. Uh, you're watching some mature programming. It's interesting. And things that aren't real uplifting. Yeah, well... Uh, peripherally, I watch a lot of chip and potato right now <laughs> and a lot of dinosaur shows on Got YouTube it. kids. So. Okay. Uh, Mike, did you find anything out about Jason Mraz? Not charting yet, but it's doing what uh, so many songs right now are doing, and that's just crushing on TikTok, which is, I think, why oh. we're hearing it so much. So having TikTok success, not charting success at this point. But you really? know what? That's TikTok so success could make it, mm-hmm. could yeah. qualify it as a song of the summer. Well, here's why I would have thought thought it was already kind of a hit i don't think we play bumper music that is not a hit or at least making an impact in some way i don't uh, yeah i don't think we're just playing that. random songs we're playing songs that are charting i thought well that's a lie well i guess what so. about all the lewis capaldi stuff that made everybody oh, angry god that guy we'll take a break when all we right. come back we've got a couple of studies to get into uh, here's the thing that most Americans do not wear in their homes. Tell you about that. Oh, in the number one song of the eighties, there was a place to put out a chart. They were like, this is the best song. Look at all the genres. This is the best song of the eighties. It's close to home. Oh, Hey guys, it's Donna for Spire credit union. I am a member of Spire and listen, they've got loans to borrow for any purpose. They finance new or used vehicles. They make the process super easy. They get the loans done fast. Spire has low rates to get you more car for your money. 
And remember, you don't have to finance through the dealer. You can shop around for uh, better interest rates and things like that. In fact, Spire also offers extended warranty plans with better coverage and at a lower cost than the dealers. And Spire has an auto refinance guarantee where they guarantee to beat your uh, non-Spire auto loan rate or they're going to give you 50 bucks. You can simply ask a Spire rep for more information on that. Spire has been in the business since the 1930s with 22 branches in the metro in Minnesota. Newest location is in Golden Valley. Find more at myspire.com. Spire is insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender. 5-5 Eloquist. TV's Steve Patterson. Radio's Donna Valentine. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome back. All right. Hi. Donna and Steve on my talk 1071, where talk is fun. I'm on this side of hanger, but I could cross over at any given moment. Oh, hang like you're hangry. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like the clothes hanger. I understand how that would sound confusing. And maybe people don't even say hanger. No. Hanger. Hangry, they say. Yeah. Hanger. Maybe. I'm sorry. You just made that up. All right. Everybody's been warned. There you go. Studies have shown that... Studies have shown that the microbial... Several long-term studies have shown... They've studied the studies. Several scientific studies have shown... And here with their findings, our study buddies... The perfect nerd couple... Donna and Steve. All right. Do you make people take their shoes off when they enter your home? No, but... They do. They do. Right. Right. That is very much a this part of the country thing. I don't remember this happening at all growing up. Me either. People would come in. If they were in a dress, they'd keep their heels on. If it were snowing, uh, they might take their boots off. But I think generally speaking, if someone walked in the house with like sneakers on, they weren't taking their them off. Right. Apparently... There are two types of homes. There's the ones where people wear shoes inside for comfort, convenience, and to reduce clutter at the doors. And then there are the ones where people don't wear shoes inside because it's gross. 63% of Americans say they take their shoes off inside, while 37% do wear shoes inside. Mm. 76% of people are not willing to ask their guests to remove their shoes, including 67% of the group who don't wear shoes inside themselves. I mean, 90% of people think it's a reasonable request since it's your home. But I think... I get that. Maybe not around here, but elsewhere, I feel like some people find that annoying to be asked take your shoes off particularly if they're not prepared if they don't know ahead of time right like they got their gnarly feet without socks on yeah if you got the hobo sock where the big toes sticking out (laughs) think of the old cartoon hobo which by the way you don't see much of anymore I didn't know that was an actual thing. Remember the old the guy hobo? on the tracks with yes. the stick and with the stick and the what? What was his bandana at the end? Uh, polka dot. Always polka dot, yeah. Donna. You know what I'm talking about. I, I don't think they had a standalone car. I thought it was just part of like Looney Tunes. 
I thought I when I think of the hobo, I think of public domain hobo. <laughs> it's just he's the guy. He's hopping trains. He's got a toe sticking out of his sock. Big shoes that are almost clown-like at the end. Yes, like, maybe that's what his toes sticking out of. <laughs> hobo. I don't. I think you're going to be canceled. For I that. could be. That's absolutely possible. Hobo. hobo. What does that mean? I'm going to look up homeless, cartoon hobo. A homeless and usually penniless wanderer. Aw. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at this hobo. I used to uh, draw. I I used to want to get into cartooning. I wanted to be an animator. I did not know that. Yeah, and I remember drawing a hobo. So I guess the stick with the bandana is that pre-backpack or... I don't think he... Well, Donna, it must be nice, okay? Not everybody has a Jansport. This guy (laughs) (laughs) probably found the bandana. I think it's Jansport, by the way. Lord only knows what he put in there. I don't know. Maybe some cigs. Yeah. Maybe some shampoo. Doubt that. So, okay... Since we're on the subject, when I was growing up, we heated our house with coal. So we had a coal bin. So every year, practically for Halloween, one of us would go out as a hobo and we would just take coal from the coal bin and like dirty up our face with it. Oh, that's fun. And then we just find a stick and do what that guy's doing. I guess back in the Looney Tunes day, there was an actual character. It was in one of the Merry Melodies shorts, okay, yep. which we love. 1947, um, there was one called Hobo Bobo. <laughs> Hobo uh-huh. Bobo. And uh, it's about the, it's coming up on me here in a couple seconds. But do we, I feel like I'm the only person who ever references Hobo. What does it mean? It's a homeless person or someone generally penniless, they say. They're usually on the tracks. Okay. Hobo. I, I let's not we don't use that term anymore. I think you still can use hobo. I it just sounds offensive. Uh, but it's not. It's hobo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're just saying by proxy? It just feels like it could be offensive. It feels like it should be updated. To what, Donna? Nomad. Nomad. Okay, yeah, hobo is a okay, is a migrant worker in the United States. Hobos with an e plural. Tramps and bums. Tramps, yeah, gypsies, tramps and thieves. I don't think any no, of those I feel words like are Tramp, you can't say. I think yeah. Yeah, probably not. I don't, you can't say. But what if the person. Okay, but let me just understand this correctly. Okay, okay. A hobo travels and is willing to work. A tramp travels but avoids work if possible. A bum neither travels nor works. Okay, thank you. So if you saw someone going from town to town but never applying for a job, according to Miriam, you could say, look at that tramp. But it feels unsafe to say, does it not? Yeah, and I don't think I'd say, look at that tramp. Either. <laughs> I don't know. What about this? Is that a tramp? Or is that a hobo? So anyway, most of us take our <sighs> shoes off when we're in the house. That's because of the hobo! And the best songs of the 80s, according to Time Out magazine. The number one song, according to them. Which I hear a lot, still. Purple Rain.
the number one song. Love it. Blue Monday was number two. Beat It by MJ, number three. Whitney came in at number four without wanting to dance with somebody. And then NWA had Straight Outta Compton, which rounded out the top five. But they say Purple Rain, the best song, no matter the genre, of the 80s. I would agree. Pretty good. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. I heard um, Lose Yourself in its entirety by Eminem for the first time in my life yesterday. It's great, isn't it? It's outstanding. Wow, I have so much to show you. Thank you. Hey, it is Rocco for MNFatLoss.com, a weight loss plan where I lost uh, upwards of 30 pounds in about two months. Um, And they have the tools to let you do that as well. You could lose about a pound of fat a day under the MNFatLoss.com program. Uh, The way the program works, it's like a two-month reduction period where they say people can lose 10 to 20% of their body weight. I did. And then after that, you're in what's called the maintenance program where you just kind of upkeep, take the things you learned during those two months, and then you can sort of add some foods back. You know, I'm, I'm eating things in this maintenance part that I couldn't have for a couple months, and I'm still doing okay. I'm losing weight. I'm maintaining my weight. You could, too, lose up to a pound of fat a day with mnfatloss.com. Results may vary. There's a free consultation. Check them out today, mnfatloss.com. Final stretch in case of the Donna and Steve show on my talk, 107.1. Everything entertainment. You follow sports, do you? Oh, yeah. Do you know who Michael Block is? Nobody did. Till yesterday. Now we all do. Or a lot of people certainly did. Twitter certainly seemed to. So, basically, this this guy sometimes qualifies. You know, like he loves golf. Yeah, so this is the PGA Championship, one of golf's four majors. And uh, in this, there's a qualification path that you can take. And he's a professional at a public golf course out in California. So some of these local pros, PGA pros, can go through these tournaments and qualify. And then, boom, if you qualify, now you're playing at a tournament with the The biggest names. names on the planet. Yeah, that is so cool. He's missed the cut every other time that he's done it, four other times. This time, though, he made the cut. And when you have a local pro make the cut, you automatically get the support of people who are watching. Yeah. Because it's like you're one of us, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. You're like real people, like me. Well, he had a very exciting moment, and I think we have the call. We can dial this trajectory right. Looks very good. Has he got the distance right? So the slam dunk. I appreciate you making me cry. I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after my 46 years of life. It's not going to get better than this. There's no way. No chance in hell. And cheers to the 29,000 uh, PGA Tour professionals, PGA professionals in the world. It's for you guys. Thank you. Aww. Really cool moment. That is so sweet. The I... people start supporting him more and more as the final round goes on. And if you make the top 15, if you're tied for 15th or above, you automatically qualify into next year's PGA Championship. Oh. So, he did. That hole-in-one was very helpful because he ended up, I believe, T15. I think he was tied for 15th. That hole-in-one got him into next year's tournament. He happened to be playing with the third-ranked golfer on the planet, uh, I think four-time major winner Rory McIlroy. Oh, yeah. 
who yeah, yeah. Rory, it was funny, he was talking about it afterward in the uh, post-round interview. Rory McIlroy, after he hits that hole-in-one, everybody goes crazy. Michael Block, the amateur, well, I mean, he's the, the right. local pro, he couldn't see it. So he was like, this is really weird. Like, is Rory giving me a hug because I stuck it 10 feet from the pin and it's just that kind of day? And then you can see there's a longer video. Rory starts walking away and he's like, wait, Rory, did that go in? Are you that went in? Oh my god. And he had no idea that went in. Everybody goes crazy. That's uh, exciting. He's also been invited just on account of his success this week to play in the next PGA Tour event which happens next week. And so it's not a major, but that is very rare for them to just say, "Oh, hey, come on over. Cool. You can play again." Good for him. Really cool moment. Super super exciting. Even oh. for me. I didn't see it either. I, I saw. I, I missed the whole thing yesterday. We were, we were out. Uh, we had two days of dance recitals. You know, they they practice all year for these recitals. Fun. And then there was uh, two flag football games on Sunday as well. And you know, I said to a buddy who I saw at the flag football game, I said, "Yeah, we got one of those weekends where it's just ping, ping, ping. We're just going and going." It doesn't take too much commitment to have a really busy schedule. You know, a lot of parents, you'll hear them say, we don't want to be one of those families that's always traveling every weekend and all that. Right. And travel sports teams, you're going out yeah. of state. And that is yep. all, that's a, that's a lot. And if you folks know that if you're dealing with it. But what I have found is also, if you, once you have several children, all they need to be is like involved in one thing each. Enough to get you that busy. And, and then, yeah. yeah, the schedule starts to feel a little yeah. like, whew, there are some days where you're thinking, wow. But then you're looking and it's like, well, we didn't overstuff their schedule. We just said, okay, you can do dance and you can do football. And bada bing, bada boom, here we are. Do you guys have like a, a chart of who has to be where, when? Yes. Like a color-coded chart? I used to do that for my mom when I went to, when I was in college and working two different jobs. And I would just color code, like, blue is everything that has to do with school, Mm -hmm. yellow is work. I mean, I don't know how you do it. If Lou had a nickel for every time she had to say to me, it's on the calendar. I mean, she has said that word a lot, that phrase a lot to me. So you need Um, to check it every day. I got to be a better checker. Just this morning, on the way into work, turning on university, she said something. I came up with a grand plan, and she said, well, don't forget, there's this. And I cursed on that phone. And I said, son of a... Does she know that you, do you put your things on the same schedule? Is it the family schedule? There is a family element to it. But now Outlook, this is boring. We'll call for soup in a moment. Outlook hides things in a different calendar now when you get a work thing. Takes an extra effort to put it on a calendar that she can see because that impacts me. And then I have a separate Gmail calendar. I need calendar consolidation. And I think it's going to require me. Hiring an assistant. (laughs) I hope not, but who knows? <laughs> All right, good luck to you. Oh, for moose soup after. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it's mac and cheese. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it can't be. With your soup, 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 soda, soup, 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 Yeah, cheers, Brian. Hey, hey, Brian. Hey. Remember when you and I were almost involved in a hit and run earlier today? I feel like it was more of just you not paying attention. And... Running you over? Yep. Yeah. You're probably staring in the mirror or something. What's going on? <laughs> hey, this hair doesn't check itself. But, yeah, hey, what did I say? Out of concern, I rolled down my window and I said, if that would have happened, how would I have gotten my soup? Right, yep. 
made me feel really good about myself. <laughs> anyway, now that you survived that this morning, uh, what's the soup today? I got chicken, bacon, tomato bisque. Oh, wow. wow. Is that all one soup? It's all one soup. Wow. Is there a cheese element to this soup? No. Did you want there to be one? There's a little bit of cream in it. Oh, so there's okay. your dairy. Hey, when's right, our sitting soup person coming, Donna? Thursday of this week. Oh. Oh, shoot. Can you no, make something good? Like, what? Don't I ever? Yeah, so. I mean, you, saying? you can't say that to I, him, Donna. How about that, that sounds How about that deconstructed egg roll soup you made? Let me just get on uh, Get going now, then, I guess. Oh, oh I didn't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, there's multiple okay. steps. Right. He's got to make the egg rolls and then obliterate them. But we got to make sure that they like that kind of soup. Do we? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We get a lot of stuff down here. Yeah, so you're if they right. don't want the soup, they can get something else. Just, hey, right, make a fine. good Thursday thing. Just, just put your heart into it. We believe in you because we always believe in you. Do we really need to go, like, uh, tablecloths and stuff? Or? Nice. I mean... We kind of told them we would. But uh, it's okay. They paid, what did they pay? Two, two grand for this or something? Something like that. There you go. Pull out yeah. the plastic. <laughs> yeah, but keep the plastic salt and pepper shakers. Those are sort of approachable. We like those. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. We got to go. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Yeah, maybe I'll bring in a table. Cloth. He wasn't watching. He was on his phone. He came out from a blind spot. If I had taken All him right, out, then that's fine. He's alive. Fate. We're good. Bye.